we have a new review that we would like to give thanks for. Hannah Thema on iTunes, great username, left us a review titled Five Scars, which... (laughs) Whoa! Right? I just like... And it's like, I mean... Y'all know I'm, like, kind of an emotional train wreck, but, like, I literally cried when I read it. It was, like, it's a really good review. Thank you so much. They compared us to Witch Please, which is the goal, the dream. They're, like, it's, like, in the same vein as Witch Please, which is great, only they're going slower, so it'll last longer, which, like, literally is why we're making this podcast, is because Witch Please didn't last long enough for us. So, thank you. Yeah, that's a very high compliment, and we are happy to continue making this podcast for the next five years. Six years. Forever. (laughs) We'll finish finish Harry Potter, and then we'll just, like, move on to another fandom. We'll just switch over to Buffy. Um, (laughs) By that time, enough time will have passed. We're going to be like, and now we're going to Buffy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, buffering will be over, and we will be much more critical than they are. So it'll be an entirely different beast. Yes. If you love hearing us rip apart Harry Potter while still loving it, <laughs> 10 years from now, you can't wait to hear us rip apart Buffy the Vampire. If you think they have issues with Xander, just wait till you hear about ours. I feel like all of the dudes in Buffy are terrible, except for except for Giles, who is like a dreamboat. I mean, he he's also a little problematic, but I'm like, it doesn't make me want to bang him in any less. Yeah, and also look like him because Style all of his outfits. icon. <laughs> yeah, my entire aesthetic is like finding the perfect balance between Spike and Giles. Uh, that is an excellent queer aesthetic to have. Thank you. So, okay. Anyway. <laughs> leave us reviews we'll thank you in the podcast also we're inching ever closer to hitting our 50 review goal at which point probably you'll get a sticker in the mail be rad and should we do a call for action if people want to talk about their patronuses yeah a reminder that we are still soliciting uh your answers for what your patronus is and how it intersects with your identities and that your patronus is defined by you and only you and pottermore does not know better than you it might know better than you what your hogwarts house is but not what your patronus is yeah i mean there's a ton of a ton of animals and insects and birds and fish that can that you can like feel connected to that reflects you in a way that does not involve you using the term spirit animal, which if you're not in a native, from a native tradition where they use spirit animals, you should not ever say or talk about. Okay. Thanks. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And with that, gay people love puns. I'm dead. (laughs) We have to stop this podcast. This book causes Satanism. Is left for us to rant about. There is nothing straight about plum velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter. Hello.
And welcome to the Gaily Prophet, a podcast for two queer IRL witches where you read Harry Potter and talk about it. Except this week, we're not rereading Harry Potter and talking about it. We're interviewing someone else and talking about Harry Potter, and it's a beautiful thing. But as usual, I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dyke extraordinaire, the red and gold menace, Jesse Blount. <laughs> yeah and today (laughs) that's great um we you're maybe gonna be hearing again but maybe gonna hear for the first time our interview that we did with may rude about our reading of hagrid as a lesbian trans woman we're re-airing it partly because we love it And partly because we had a lot of folks start listening at the beginning of season two, who therefore haven't heard the interview that was part of an episode of season one, and partly because we think this interview is really important and we want to have it as a standalone thing. And we think it's also just a great way to kick off our uh, Pride Month series. So yeah, so for the rest of this month, each week, you are going to get an episode that features a different queer person talking to us about Harry Potter and like the conversations will be focused on different things that are important to them and it's gonna be really rad. All right well now let's get into our interview with May Rude. So we are we are recording now. Awesome. Um, do you want to like say a little bit about who you are for our yeah. listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm May Rude. Uh, I'm a queer Latina trans woman. Um, I live in LA. Uh, I'm a writer and a consultant and a speaker. Um, a lot of the time on trans stuff. Uh, I was the trans editor at autostraddle.com for a while and I wrote about comics and witchcraft and pop music and other stuff uh and then now I write for a bunch of places them and Ray Mezcla and Queerty and just whoever (laughs) yeah uh your work is awesome thank you yeah so we're here today listeners to talk about a theory that Jesse and I came up with while recording a couple weeks ago just sort of materialized out of nowhere that doesn't seem to exist on the internet anywhere, um, which is that it might make sense to read Hagrid as a closeted trans woman. And because neither Jesse or I are trans women, we wanted <laughs> to talk to someone who is living that experience and can make sure that we aren't assuming anything that we don't have a right to assume. Yeah. Th- and honestly, thank you for doing that. Like, I mean, as like, you can see if you just go to the movies or get on Twitter, people love just spouting out opinions on trans women without being informed at all. Yep. So <laughs> thank you for not. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, uh, we have all these notes, and I don't know, we've never interviewed anybody for this podcast before. We don't really know what we're doing. I love it. (laughs) So I don't know if we should just, like, go through 
in order or like what makes the most sense? Um, well, I guess why don't y'all start by telling me how you came up with the theory? Like what were the first things you thought of? So it came up for us. We were discussing the chapter where Hagrid gets Norbert the dragon um, and discussing Hagrid's relationship with Norbert and Hagrid's use of the word mummy to describe that relationship. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about the fact that that scene and that relationship would have been for us as readers as tender if Hagrid had been using the word Papa as it is. Yeah. Um, and so it seems like a very interesting and like very deliberate choice to use the word mummy and that that seems to be Hagrid telling us something about their experience in the world. And then they sort of like from there, honestly, listening to the recording, um, we both sort of just sat there in silence for like two or three minutes thinking. And then we're like, and the unicorns. And <laughs> and sort of just like, it's it's like long, long silences while Jesse and I are both just like, oh, and this other thing. And wait, that other thing. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, I was just thinking about this, uh, about the mom thing, the mummy thing, like, just throughout the series, Hagrid is so, like, motherly to both, like, magical creatures and then also to the kids, mm -hmm. you know? Like, Hagrid carries baby Harry in the motorcycle basket, and Hagrid's the one who's carrying Harry's body at the end in uh, Deathly Hallows. Like, Hagrid has a very maternal role overall in the books, I think. Yeah, we actually just recorded the episode for the last chapter yesterday. And in that, that's where Hagrid has um, reached out to all of Lily and James's friends to get photos and put together the photo book for Harry. Mm. And when we talked about that, we were like, Hagrid really is the only, like, maternal, like, caring person in Harry's life at the end of that book. Like, before Molly Weasley yeah, comes yeah. in, Hagrid is the only person providing that kind I of care I absolutely agree. Harry. Yeah. And, like, and it's much, it's so much more of a mother vibe than a father vibe, just overall, you know, it's all about comfort and love and safety and just making sure this little kid is safe and like a, in just a, a very, like, I, I love this theory. Like I'd never thought about it before, but Hagrid is just so like soft, but in not in, but I mean, obviously Hagrid is strong, you know, I mean, Hagrid's literally a giant, <laughs> but He's, he, they, like, I don't know what pronouns to use now, because, like, I mean, this theory is getting to me. Like, I love it. <laughs> but, like, she just has this power that's calm and that just feels like, you know, like when uh, you get stuck under a car and, the mo and your mom lifts the mm -hmm. car up with her mother's strength. Like, that is, like, Hagrid all the time, you know? Yeah, you know... 
earlier on in our podcast, when we've talked about Hagrid, we have compared Hagrid to both Elmira from Tiny Toons and Snow White. And I think those oh, are the man. only two people we've compared Hagrid to. Amazing. Which now makes me a little bit like, why is it that it took us until this point in the book yeah, to come to this conclusion? Amazing. Which is actually really funny because I feel like we say directly in the podcast that like when we're when we get introduced to like Hagrid's like home, it's like very like Midwest lesbian dream cabin. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Hardcore. And I'm like Oh, and like since we've been like kind of talking about this and like looking over the notes, I'm like, Hagrid reminds me of like a lot of like butch, like outdoor dykes that I know. Yes. <laughs> I really thought you were going to say that Hagrid reminds you a lot of you. I mean, I mean, you oh. did say that just with words. <laughs> yes. I mean, but like it's not, I mean, it's not just me who's like, I mean, I know. Like, I have a lot of friends who are also, like, big into animals and, like, yeah. being outdoors and want to be like, where's my cabin in the woods? Like, I'm over. Exactly. I, <laughs> I mean, I know exactly animals. what you mean. Like, I wrote, uh, when uh, y'all brought up Madame Maxime as the, like, high femme dyke to Hagrid's, like, nature butch uh, trans lesbian, like, I was like, yes, that's, like the perfect dynamic like that's i love that dynamic so much yeah it totally makes me like fan myself right <laughs> you know, it's and, so great and then they went on like a camping trip together basically like a diplomatic yeah, camping like, trip like oh uh, like, y'all <laughs> hagrid's just they're like hey i know how to start a fire right. <laughs> you know <laughs> Like, oh, that's the dream. And you know, Madame Maxime had like an entire suitcase just of makeup, right? Like, this yeah, is how we go camping. I'm exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh, like, so honestly, good. how can you not read that relationship as a lesbian relationship? I don't know. And how is it that no one has? Yeah, no, this it's... is a, a revolutionary theory that I love. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting to hear. Like, I was talking to my girlfriend, like, there's the, have you seen the, like, Snape is trans mm-hmm. theory? Like, I'm not a fan of that at all. I don't like the argument that, like, bas- it, it sounds like basically, like, incels or trans women is mm-hmm. kind of what that mm-hmm. argument sounds like to me. But this one, it's so, like, I, like, when you, when y'all were like, oh, Harry Potter and trans stuff, I was like, oh, no. But I'm so glad that this is the direction you went. Like, this is a breath of fresh air and wonderful. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I'm so, I'm a little, like, fangirling out. (laughs) So so I think I want to make sure that we touch on on the unicorn Mm. thing, especially. So there's a really great Tumblr post about the the thing in the common rooms where boys can't go up mm, mm-hmm. the tower and there's like this... and like it turns into like a slide right right and so there, i've seen this tumbler thing where it's like a kid you know climbing those stairs and gets to the top and is like i knew i was a real girl mm-hmm. oh yeah i love that right and I kind of feel like this thing with the unicorns is that. Yeah. For Hagrid, because unicorns only want 
quote unquote a woman's touch. Yeah, and Hagrid, like it, the book says he knows she she knows as much about unicorns as Grubbly Plank does. And yeah, like it says, one, like the she's earned the unicorn's trust. Right. Which, like that, like honestly, that well, and I mean, especially like right now with all the like turf garbage. Where it's like, oh, like, sure, like, trans women can call themselves trans women, but they're not female, and, you know, all this garbage, whatever. But, so, like, so, honestly, thank you for, like, bringing this theory out there and being, and, because, like, with this evidence, like, I love it with the unicorns just being like, oh, yeah, we see you as who you really are. It doesn't matter like, how society sees you, like, we know the truth. We know your true name. We know your true nature. And, like, that's... Right. I love and, it. like, of any, of any creature, like, the unicorn is going to be the one that, like... Yeah. And that's, like, so symbolic overall. Like, unicorns, just throughout all literature and all, like, myth. I mean, at least, like the, like, Western concept of unicorns that we know. I obviously can't speak to, like, mythologies and whatever that I don't know. But, like, in, like, European folklore, like, unicorns are so closely tied to the, like, concept of, like, womanhood and, like, even, like, problematically, like, the purest form of womanhood, you know? Like, they're all about virginity and being, like, the pure essence of, a, like, femininity or whatever, so much so that men can't even touch them or look at them. Right. And so this ultimate symbol of that is like, oh, yeah, we trust Hagrid, of course. Right, and so one, there is one fan theory out there that, like, sucks, and I dismiss it out of hand, but... um about why Hagrid can have this relationship with unicorns. And the idea is that it's because Hagrid is a virgin. And I feel like that's utterly ridiculous because when they are meeting the unicorns with Professor Grubbly Plank, this is a class of like 14 year olds that she can't get close. And the assumption that like, she doesn't trust that most 14 year olds are probably virgins. Yeah, exactly. Like, That, yeah, no, that's not, I I don't think that holds any water. Yeah, no. So if anyone out there is believing that, you can just throw that right in the garbage. (laughs) I mean, also, like, basically based on what J.K. Rowling seems to be saying, like, Dumbledore seems like he might be a virgin, and he's not hanging around with unicorns. Yeah. Oh, God. I hope that Dumbledore and uh, Grindelwald fucked. (laughs) But I mean, like, I mean, I, I, I hope Dum- like Dumbledore had happy relationships, but it doesn't seem like she wanted him to. No, Jesse and I also <laughs> believe that Dumbledore and Nicholas Flamel were oh, were partners for a time. Amazing! I love that. Amazing! This is a great podcast. Thank you. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> that makes me very happy. <laughs> Oh, I'm having so much fun. This is great. Um, 
Cool. Yeah. Uh, also, I I did text Theo, our our comic artist, that you had already seen one of his comics, and um, he's dead now. So that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I remember I sent it to my girlfriend. Oh my I was God. like, "Yes, look at this. It's funny." That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. This is really rad. Um, <laughs> the point of this is not for us to get really geeked about you liking us, though. So that's... <laughs> it's a pleasant side bonus, though. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about the concept of denial beards. And mm. so I included that on the list because... A lot of trans women, friends of mine, will, like, post pre-transition pictures yeah. of themselves and be like, the denial beard was strong with this one. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I 100% had that. Like, uh, and it's it was awful because I could never grow a full beard. Like, I could only grow a neck beard. And so, like, it was just ugly and patchy. But I was like, oh, I have to have this so that people know. I have, like, so, like, when you sent that, like, I, like, immediately was like, I, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, but then what you what you said in your response, um, I think just is like really beautiful. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, I think it makes more sense for you to talk about it than for me to read you the words that you. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, well, so I thought of the idea like, what if Hagrid, as a trans woman, half giant, like loves her beard. And decorates it. Well, and, like, with the comic that Theo drew with, like, the little, like, mouse and whatever hanging out in the beard, like, Mm -hmm. I imagine, like, Hagrid, like, would have, like, all of her little, like, animal children or students, like, make little (laughs) decorations or, like, bring flowers or feathers or whatever to put in her beard. And, like, she can just show off, like, oh, look at what, like, a proud mom I am, you know? Yeah. Oh, like, um... In Rat Queens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The name of that character, but that's... Yeah, the dwarf. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, I love the idea of Hagrid as just, like, keeping the long hair and bushy beard and just wearing, like, a tie-dye maxi dress, you know? (laughs) And just being this, like, hippie butch out in nature, like having a great time putting on like oh like a tie-dye maxi dress with like combat boots and a denim vest oh my god like that is like uh like that's like the Hagrid outfit right yes I also think maybe the most ginormous pair of Birkenstocks would yeah oh gosh (laughs) amazing (laughs) Yes. Like the size of a child's bed size bird. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, I love that. Well, and, like, a magical creature can come and, like, sleep on each one at night, you know? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I love, yeah. like, nature butch Hagrid. This is amazing. Thank you for bringing her into my world. Yeah, Jesse, you emailed something earlier, too, um, about Hagrid selling knitted hats at a farmer's market, and I want you to... Oh, my gosh. Yes, Hagrid's... She definitely has a booze at the farmer's market. Yeah, it's just like, it's like, it's like knitted hats and like 
honey that they like knitted harvest. hats for your pets yes little sweaters just, like, for your like spider yeah like literally like <laughs> she'll take custom so... orders for any animal mm-hmm. any animal no matter how big how small how many arms how many heads she'll make it a hat or a sweater whatever you need mm-hmm. some little hand carved flutes and some oh, like God, very earnest flutes. baked goods yes Oh, beautiful, beautiful. I love it. This is, oh, this is so good, honestly. <laughs> this is like the most heartwarming conversation. It's <laughs> making me so happy. Oh, man, this is, I mean, honestly, this is great. I love it. So just looking at this list, right, I would, I think... It would be cool to sort of dig deeper into like Hagrid's caregiving and like general rejection of like typical masculinity. Um, And also, I think, well, all of that. And then I also want to get into like how Grop plays into this um, and sort of like the fact that Hagrid can't leave the giant colony without mm. her brother once she finds yeah. him. Again, like that maternal instinct, like being a protective big sister, you know? Right, because he's getting picked on. Yeah. Oh, Hagrid. And then Madame Maxine being like, I feel you. Like, I get it. I can't stay here and deal with this anymore. But like, I understand that you have to do this and that it's yeah. important to you, which is just like so lovely oh but also like what a like classic lesbian heartbreak you know <laughs> like <laughs> yeah sometimes boundaries man <laughs> you know <laughs> oh but yeah but so like on that like hagrid like we've been saying this whole time like is kind of defined by these character traits of being this like big larger than life messy person but also at the same time being extremely motherly and sisterly because again like when like with her relationship with the kids like she doesn't like use them in the way that like Dumbledore does or like treat them bad in public like Snape you know like she has a very like, like, and she, like, helps them hide. Like, she is, like, an older sister, like, a sibling, you know, as opposed to being, like, their boss or whatever. Like, she forms a deeper connection with them that I think is also indicative of just, like, her her openness to communicate and to form these like, emotional bonds, which, again, is, like, like a complete rejection of how most people say like masculine relationships have to be like, like you put in here, like Hagrid cries like openly and tells people why she's crying and tells people how she feels, you know? I feel like, yeah, with the crying, like, especially that like they're, they're British. So there's definitely like a whole Mm. relationship with tears there. Yeah. Um, and and I think that we see Hagrid cry more than any other character mm. in this series. I think we, in general, see more 
emotional openness and honesty from Hagrid than than anybody. There's like no if if we I feel like if Hagrid was described without any gendered terminology, there would not be a question. Yeah. I, like literally Hagrid, like if you just take out all the like he's then it does like a it's a perfect <laughs> trans woman reading. Yeah. Or just like woman reading, you know, like Right. This is a great theory. Like, I mean, sorry that I keep on saying that so much, but, like, this is... it. Well, and, like, it's really refreshing and, I think, exactly the kind of, like, fandom discourse or whatever, you know, that we should be having because it's so much better than, like, every time J.K. Rowling or Johnny Depp or whatever, like, gets in the news about... Harry Potter, like, like, based, almost trying to like ruin the legacy, the like, because it I, it helped so many people, you know, like, so many of the queer people I know, like these books were so important to us, and so I'm just really glad that y'all are like keeping up that tradition of in like the Harry Potter fandom of being like, hey, here are, like the positive things we're getting out of it. Here's how it's meaningful to us. These are the great things. These are, this is our story, you know? And I love that, that y'all are doing that. Thanks, May. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, just to like be mindful of time, I guess, is there, Jesse, do you have any other things that you want to get out there? I don't think so. Like, I'm, you know, taking a lot of this in and just like, (laughs) I don't know, just also thinking about Hagrid in book three, like fighting so hard for Buckbeak and just how just, it just was like just such an emotional trial and I'm just feeling very emotional about (laughs) it. Yeah. Yep. I'm right there with you. Like. Oh, like, honestly, like, some of these things, like, I'm almost crying, like, Hagrid is just, like, this reading of Hagrid is so beautiful, and I love it so much, and thank you for, like, re-sparking, I mean, like, not that, like, I hate Harry Potter, but, like, you know, like, I wrote my senior thesis in college about Harry Potter, like, I was in a Harry Potter band, like, I was, like, big, you know, and then, like, all this stuff where it's just, like, time after time, you know, like, these bummer things keep coming out, and so thank you for, like, giving me this opportunity to talk really joyfully about this thing that was such a big part of my life for so long. Yeah, thank you so much for for being here and having this conversation with us. Um, I know you talked at the top about, like, some of the places that you're writing and stuff like that, but do you want to, like, give the people information about where, where they can find you on the internet specifically. Yeah. Um, I'm at May rude, M E Y R U D E. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, also may Um, like I tweet a lot about just like nonsense stuff, uh, and like nerd stuff and trans stuff. And 
you can hire me to consult on your trans book or I'm consulting on a video game right now. That's going to be really cool. I think. Um, but so like, yeah, say hi to me on Twitter. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, May. This has been an absolute joy. Yeah, this was wonderful. Thank you so much again to May. That was such an amazing conversation to have and not just because she complimented us a lot. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I feel, I don't know. Like, I feel really happy imagining Hagrid as, like, a hippie woodland lesbian. But, like, mm-hmm. I I think it's... It also feels good to talk about something that's, like, actually heartwarming about Harry Potter and not just, like, the Fantastic Beast movies are canceled because they're trash. Right. So, and I mean, we talk a lot of shit <laughs> about these books and JKR. And so it's nice to just be, like... Oh, Hagrid is like a gift of a character. Yeah. Really. And that, you know, it's it's like a gift that can mean other things. To, like can can mean things can mean different things to a variety of people, I think. So Yeah. And it just feels good to be able to explore that. Yeah, I feel like my face hurt from smiling after that interview. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm just like, it's just so good. Hagrid is I so think good. Hagrid is so good. And like this headcanon, um, I think is going to make talking about Hagrid's relationship with Madame Maxime like a thousand times more exciting. Oh my God. I can't wait. I'm like already like composing things in my head. I'm like, yeah, this is what their like queer relationship is like. And it's great. I know. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Gaily Prophet. We hope that you enjoyed the first of our series of Pride Month interviews. It's going to be a great month, you guys. Yeah, and if you uh, love what you're listening to, if you love this episode, um, and you want to further support us, there are a variety of ways you can do that on a variety of price levels. (laughs) Let's start with free and work our way up. Yes, for free. You can tell your friends and family um, any date you might pick up at Pride this month. Um, yeah. You know, any tell your exes if you still talk to them. <laughs> Wh- whoever. Um, share stuff on social. Tell them to listen to our podcast. Uh, word of mouth is a really excellent way that people listen to podcasts. And all of your queer chosen family and friends and lovers should listen to us. So tell them all about it. Also sharing our stuff on social media. We're going to have some really great memes coming out that you can share and let everyone know just what a queer geek you are. Also rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever, Facebook, wherever you can review us, you should totally do that. Take 30 seconds. Be like, I love you guys. Might be my best friends. You know, give us five stars. That helps us tremendously and makes us feel loved. We are, we need 20 more reviews to get to our 50 review goal before we start sending out stickers to one fifth of the people who have left us reviews and a t-shirt to one tenth of the people who are getting stickers. Don't look at me. Math is really not my strong suit. Um, 
Anyway, we only need 20 more. We have 30. We only need 20 more. So just like go right now and do it. And then probably, realistically, probably you'll get a sticker. Um, If you can't wait for that, you can buy a sticker and a t-shirt and postcards and mugs and all kinds of cool stuff at our website, thegailyprofit.com. 13% off this month for Pride. Promo code QUEERWITCHES. And that is Queer Witches in all caps. We also have a Patreon if you want to become a monthly sustainer of The Gaily Prophet. We have three different Patreon levels for a very excellent deal. Uh, so yes, we are on Patreon at Patreon slash The Gaily Prophet. Check us out and become a, and become a Patreon today. Please do. We, we make really good stuff for Patreon. It is definitely worth your while. You're getting a steal. Yep. Yeah. So speaking of supporting queer content, we would like to give you a little recommendation for some other queer content that you should check out. Uh, You maybe already listened to it, but in case you don't, you should definitely go give Les Hangout a listen uh, we found out about this podcast because they did an episode. They do these episodes called Shoulda Been Gay, uh, abbreviated to SBG in their list of episodes on iTunes or whatever. And they did an SBG episode on Harry Potter. And when they posted about it on Instagram, they tagged us in the post. And like that was how we learned about them. And they're just like queer people talking about cool stuff including Harry Potter in one episode. There's a lot of Snape apologistiness going on, so Jesse was really into that, and I literally was folding laundry while listening to it, going, ew, out loud, while I folded laundry. <laughs> that didn't make me enjoy the episode any less, though. I just adamantly disagree with Snape apologists. And that's totally fun. <laughs> I, I, I recognize that that makes me the trash queen, the trash queen of shit mountain and i'm okay with that <laughs> i mean you're in good company clearly so but i'm not afraid to come for all of you <laughs> so yeah you should uh, listen to their podcast subscribe tell your friends support indie queer media it's pride month you're contractually obligated because it's pride month <laughs> <laughs> this is this- if you've ever bought a corporate pride item you now have to support a queer independent artist for each corporate pride item you own. if you've ever enjoyed a anything developed by queer people which is any fancy meal you've ever had most designer clothing any good music and i don't know whatever other cool things that queer people have developed poise like if nothing else fuck so like we've given y'all this Support queer, support queer people this month. Yes. <laughs> well said. <sighs> oh gosh. Okay. If you want to follow us on socials, which you do, whether you know it or not, so just do it, and then you'll find out that you want to if you didn't realize it already. Uh, we are on Instagram and Facebook at the Gaily Prophet. Maybe someday we'll go back to Twitter, but y'all are going to have to demonstrate that you want us on Twitter by following us on Twitter. So. If- Maybe if we hit, like, 100 Twitter followers, we'll get back on Twitter. But right now we have, like, 14, because apparently Twitter is the worst. So, fuck that. (laughs) That's basically where we've landed. 
Um, so yeah. Anyway, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, but especially Instagram. We're at the Gaily Prophet, and we're we create really good stuff for socials. You're gonna be really happy that you followed us. And if you want to just you know follow me, know what I'm what I'm doing in between episodes. Um, I am on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit, and on Instagram at Live from Detroit. You can find me in between episodes at my website, larkmalachi.com. That is L-A-R-K-M-A-L-A-K-A-I.com, where you can find out about all the different kinds of work that I do because I'm a multi-potentialate. Right now, the most important thing that I do for you to know about is that I do trans-inclusivity trainings for healthcare providers. And as you may or may not know, the world is a trash fire, which if you're in my brain, you always say to the tune of that Smashing Pumpkins song, the world is a trash fire. <laughs> I'm not sure which, which, oh, yes, okay, now I know. I thought uh, you said Smash yay, Mouth, yay, but you said Smashing Pumpkins, and then I was like, where's my, where did I my brain I sure go? did. <laughs> Love them both, but... <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, they're, you know, uh, our administration is trying to really, really, really fuck up trans healthcare rights. And so doctors who would like to be trans competent, but maybe don't have the resources to be able to do so now is the time for them to act. So you should definitely go over there and nominate your doctor, whether or not you're trans to, just let me email them and be like, hey, do you want this training so that you can be really great at helping trans people because the world is a trash fire. So yeah, larkmalachi.com. Go do that. You can also find me on Instagram at larkmalachi or at radicalhealer. Our theme song and spoiler warning music is by Kevin McLeod. The voice of our spoiler warning is a very talented Sarah Sauer. And our weekly comics and logo is by the immensely amazing Theo Julian Forrester. Um, You can find all of their information in our show notes if you want to check out their stuff. Uh, You should definitely, at the very least, be looking at our website or socials, look at Theo's comics, because he is hella talented, and we are so lucky to have him working with us. Like, y'all. Seriously. Yep. So, as of the day of this recording, the one that just came out, if you haven't seen it, is in reference to the episode where Harry and Ron fly the car to school, and like Theo has given us the behind the scenes look at what Molly and Arthur went through and made like a very incredible Home Alone reference. So, if you want <laughs> 90s references on top of your 90s references, this is the thing for you. It's very good. <laughs> Until next time, have a wonderful time imagining the gay camping trip that Hagrid and Madame Maxime went on. (laughs) Speaking of a pride. Yeah. That's right. Keyword. Oh, wait. I don't. Shit. We We need. (laughs) Fuck. Queer witches. All caps. Yes? Yeah. Great. We did it. Okay. Uh, I can't believe we went that cool. far without being like, oh, a keyword shit. <laughs>